welcome. Thanks for tuning in. I'm here to share wisdom that will empower you to create and maintain happiness, inner peace, and success in all your goals. So let's get started. I have today here a dear friend, a longtime friend, Meryl Barlow Pickard. I always call you from your name, but Meryl is a hi. Hi, everyone. (laughs) She's here with us today to uh, talk about her health journey. And before we get to that, Meryl, I'm going to read your bio. Is that okay? Sounds good. All right. Meryl is the tribal chairwoman for the Bishop Paiute tribe. And she's also a motivational speaker with Tribal Strong. She attended an all Indian boarding school in Riverside, California called Sherman High School or Sherman Indian High School, forgive me. After high school though, she received a full scholarship from the Gates Millennium Scholars Program. And she graduated from University of Montana with a bachelor's in social work. Meryl's professional passion is to empower people and to help them see their strength within to achieve their goals. She has over 10 years of professional experience working in education. As the past education director for the Bishop Paiute Tribe, she worked closely with the Bishop Unified Schools and also the California Department of Education. Very impressive. She also was the language manager for Numa Yahada. I hope I said that correctly. Yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> and helping to revitalize the Paiute language. That's phenomenal and really valuable, important, necessary work. Honor you for that. Meryl currently serves as a board member for the Foundation of Excellence, president of the East Side Student Center, trustee on the Owens Valley Board, and most recently appointed to the United States Department of Interior Secretary's Tribal Advisory Committee. And she has three kids. Like, I don't even know how you do all of that. (laughs) I know. Um, I've known Meryl since uh, we were just talking. We think maybe she was 12. (laughs) And uh, I was in at that time, just to give people some background, I was running a youth group in Pennsylvania. It was called Girl Power. So the Girl Power youth group that I was working with did a fundraiser. We did a -a walkathon and a lot of people in the community got involved to raise money so that I could go to Bishop and do a youth program with the girls on the risk. So Meryl was one of those young ladies. And I will say at that time, Meryl, I completely recognize that you were a leader. I was like, oh my gosh, this young lady is amazing. And uh, yeah, you proved my intuition correct. So thank you. <laughs> yeah. So I invited Meryl here, everybody, to talk about her health journey. She's been through a lot um, just personally but also familially and also culturally. And uh, so I'm just going to let you tell your story. I'm going to stop talking and hand it to you, Meryl. Yeah. Okay. Well, you know, yeah. Um, like you mentioned, I, after I graduated from college, me and my husband moved back uh, to the Bishop Paiute Reservation. Uh, I was pregnant at the time with my first son and um just trying to figure out this life after college and now becoming a mom and a a wife. And um, anyways, after having all three of my boys, I I had gained a lot of weight. And actually after my second child, I didn't know if I wanted to have another child quite yet. Um, I was having a lot of problems with my body, um, a lot of back problems. um, And I was just kind of afraid to, do it all over again. 
um, with another child, but there was a oops and another miracle came into my life. And I'm thankful for that. Um, but I think through that suffering came all the strength, right? And I learned through those challenges that I needed to take care of myself better. And I really started my health journey because we moved in with my mom and my mom um, has diabetes. My grandmother had diabetes. And I just seen this like vicious cycle of now me trying to ask my mom if she's taking care of herself just the way she was always asking her mom if she was taking care of herself. Did you eat today? Have you taken your medication? You know, <laughs> are you focusing on yourself? Because my grandma had um, as you know, taken in some of my cousin's kids and was raising them. And that's exactly what my mom's doing. My mom has five foster children all under the age of eight. Um, so she, uh, I just was seeing this like cycle of, you know, wanting to pour out and give love to everyone else in our family as the matriarchs, um, but not taking care of ourselves. And I decided I can't help her if I don't even know how to help myself. And I'm going down that same exact path. So I got to make some changes now. And so I had kind of gone to our local Indian health clinic, talked to a nutritionist, um, you know, what can I do to start, you know, making sure my nutrition is better so that I don't end up on that same path of becoming diabetic. And I left there very confused and didn't know what the lady was talking about with, you know, keeping track of my calories and micronutrients. And I was just like, Poof, all over my head. Like, I just, I need a plan and what to do. Tell me what to eat. And I'll do that. Yeah. Well, simple, right? simple, simple. Cause I had no idea what she was talking about with calories and micronutrients. Like I didn't know what any of that meant or how to look at it. And, um, so anyways, then I came across this program, um, that my friend was doing and um, sorry, my phone's ringing. Um, I came across this program my friend was doing and I reached out to her and I was like, I want to know more about what you're doing. Like, it looks like it's working for you and you're successful. I'm to the point now. And at that point, when I um, seen her post on Facebook, I was to the point where I was really getting sick and tired of the way I was feeling. Um, I had plantar fasciitis in my feet and it hurt like hell. <laughs> I had serious back problems. Um, just a few years before that, even, I, I don't know if it had been like one or two years, but I had the shingles after my last son. Um, I was just having all of these issues that ultimately came down to it had to do with stress mm. and the way my body was holding on to that stress. And I had a very demanding job. I was the education director at the time, um, which I loved. But when I had to deal with like the tribal politics side of things, that's where it got very difficult and, and hard. And that's also one of the reasons why I wanted to run for tribal council and um, very thankful for being the chairwoman today because I get to kind of set the tone and the direction um, in hopefully a better way. So anyways, uh, that's you. what really kind of got me going and started on my, my health journey. Wow. Yeah. So did, so it began with food. It started with the food first. Yep. I, um, so with that program, they really did show me <laughs> like what types of meals I should be eating. Um, they also had kind of a plan that I could 
follow and really portioning out my meals, eating more frequently throughout the day, but smaller portions. Yeah, I love that. I say that. Drinking a lot of water. You know how I feel about water, girl. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. So So it started with that. And and let me just say, because of that question, I've always been an athlete and I've always played sports. My family's been huge into sports and I had the mentality that I needed to exercise, but my body was hurting. And so every time I exercise, I was just re-injuring myself in some way. And so I think getting out of that mindset of that, that was the way to get back into feeling healthy. It's one way, but I didn't know how now as an adult, right? And a mom and my metabolism and my body is just different that I had to fuel my body differently than when I was younger and could just eat whatever I want, play sports and feel good. Right. So um, what did you do differently um, in terms of exercise? I'm sure there's other people have same thing, you know, your mom, you're busy, you're stressed out. How do you even fit in some type of exercise that's appropriate for your body in the midst of all of that and working so much as well? So for about six months, I didn't really do any exercise. I just focused on the nutrition and got down to a healthier weight for myself. I think I might've done maybe a few squats in the morning as I'm blow drying my hair. <laughs> I might've did some like sink pushups, you know, instead of being actually on the ground and just doing very, very minimal stuff while I was getting ready in the morning. That's such and a great, that minimal started to incorporate a walk, you know? That minimal stuff, you know, sometimes we poo poo. It's like, why bother doing two squats? You know, if I can't do a push up, why do it on the sink? You know, and so we'll almost set ourselves up for if I'm not going to be doing this, you know, mind model, all the TikTok videos of these people doing these amazing things at the gym with their feet up on something and everything else. And, you know, they're clearly athletes, but we look at that stuff and then, you know, a lot of us can just get really frustrated and just by watching the videos, like, well, I can never do that. So I might as well not exercise, you know? So I love that you say that you were just blow drying your hair, doing a couple squats because really was that that's doing two things physically setting a foundation for when your squats get a little deeper or you do a few more squats or um, your pushups on the, on the sink, you know, is preparing your pecs and your shoulders and your biceps and your triceps and your core for, so it's that foundational stuff that I think we forget about. People go to the gym or whatever, and they're gung-ho. It's like, well, if I can't, you know, do an entire lap around the the course, then why even go? It's like, take a while. I tell people, walk to your mailbox and back like that, mm-hmm. you know, and just start there. Yep. Yeah. And then just as a mom, like, I started to be like, okay, well, let's do this as a family. So the boys are going to take their bike and I'm going to walk. Well, they ride along the path. And so, like I mentioned, as I got down to a healthier weight, that's when I really started to incorporate more exercise. But I felt better about it then because I wasn't hurting afterwards and then feeling unmotivated to not do it. And now, you know, a few years later, I've picked up not only good eating habits, water, um, dealing with my stress and, and keeping that under control so my body feels better, too. But yeah, so now I'm more recently doing some strength training in the morning, first thing in the morning before the kids wake up. Um, And then in the 
afternoon, I try to go outside so I could get a walk in and I've been walking for like 45 minutes. And, you know, if I have a busy day, like I did yesterday, I was doing it at night because I was committed to doing uh, an exercise outside every day too. So that, you know, it helps with that balance and that stress. And really as a busy mom, that's how it looked yesterday is early in the morning, the strength training, getting kids off to school, going to work until five, my walk, and then to basketball, which I coach the team. So it was just like as busy as you can imagine. But I want to show um, our communities that, you know, we can do all these things, even though we're busy, because I like the saying, you know, put on your own oxygen mask first before you can help someone else. Right. And that's even your children. So, Have you noticed a difference with your children or with your family or even with your mom, you know, in terms of like what you do? Because I, I, I see, I mean, we're friends on Facebook and I know your family and, you know, even though, we yes. you know, have conversation a lot, I can see what's going on within your family because you'll post these meals and I'm thinking how is she getting her kids to eat that (laughs) Um, and make those changes because you know in families we have a culture you know in in our native tradition we have a culture and you know the culture of diabetes sadly then yes I have to get into historically how that wound up being Um, but that's transgenerational and from what I see you are changing, you're like breaking that link and and doing, instead of uh, being affected by being a product of transgenerational, you know, trauma and diabetes and all of that, you're starting a new chain, to me, it looks like, of transgenerational healing. I'm trying, I'm <laughs> trying. And I think, uh, you know, I try to share on my post too, that like our environment Sometimes we, we don't have control over our environment or the people who are in our lives. Sometimes we do, right? And we could choose, you know what, I'm I'm going to eliminate those individuals out of my life because I know it's not good for me or my family. Um, unfortunately for my family, um, you know, we, we don't have running water. And so we live in a house that's fairly close to my mom's. Like I could see it from here, from my room. Um, but we have to use her house to cook, to shower. Um, so, um, I have no control over her household and her environment that we are kind of a part of. And so one of the things growing up we've always had is dessert. And that was one thing that I still struggle with today, but I know that it affects my body and the inflammation in my body hurts more when I'm having sugary things, um, in my diet. And that's kind of like a normal thing at her house. Mm-hmm. And so I, um, I'm trying is what I, I was saying. And it makes it very difficult sometimes when your environment still is not changing with you. But I continue to just show up and do what I can. And sometimes I mean, a lot of times my kids are seeing me eat something completely different. And also even the stigma from my own husband of like, um, maybe what he says to the kids, um, because he's choosing not to do, you know, or eat and drink the things that I'm doing. And um, that makes it very challenging, too. But when they were younger, and I had control over it, what I would do as a parent is I would get them involved in the cooking process. 
So then it gets them excited. Like I was a part of this and, and I'm going to try it now because I made that with my mom. And so I, I'm doing that with her kids, uh, the little ones, Jessica. I recently, we made some egg bites and um, then she loved it. You know, she was eating it right along with me. And that is definitely better than the cereal we probably feed our kids. So um, little tiny things like that is what I'm trying to do, but it's never easy. And when you come from such a large family like mine, and we're always celebrating someone's birthday, we always have cake and ice cream and these big gatherings where we're used to serving the same kinds of foods Mm -hmm. that probably aren't healthy for us. Um, I had to learn how to prepare something in preparation for that and either maybe eat beforehand or bring a healthy alternative that I'm going to add to the celebration so that I know I could still be successful, but also setting up myself mentally um, to be uh, strong during that environment that maybe might put me down in a way. Hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. I do that similar, you know, whenever there's a potluck or, you know, I'm supporting an appetizer, like I'm, it's, it's usually the most healthy thing at the table. And like you said, at least I know I can eat that. My daughter's vegan. She does the same thing, you know, like that's yeah. very difficult. Imagine being vegan and, um, you know, being in community where nobody else is, you know, so she's influencing me quite a bit. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm, I'm leaning strongly in that direction i'm yeah. and i would say oh, my husband he doesn't know it yet lentils <laughs> <laughs> or i'm making this meat from ground up mushrooms i'm like here it's really good and it is delicious no doubt but um very little meat is being cooked in my kitchen now <laughs> well and i think sometimes it's also that like you know us thinking about food differently mm-hmm. and that it just not being something that's going to be satisfying to us all the time because let's be honest, the food industry has created it that way and very addicting, but um, we could still have satisfying things or, you know, healthy alternatives to things that are still tasty. But I had to start thinking of food as fuel for my body. And in the beginning, even if it was something that I didn't like, I just had to be like, this is just, for example, if I was having a shake, you know, just drink it real quick and move on with your day or. Yeah. um, Yeah. So. We do that too. Um, that's one thing I've gotten um, my husband in, in, involved in is my either I juice in the morning or I make a smoothie in the morning. Like every morning there's either juice or smoothie. And yeah. um, and sometimes they don't look good. You know, they come out and you're like, oh, you know, like it's not pretty at all. <laughs> but we have a thing where we say like, if it's brown, chug it down, just chug it. Because <laughs> it's chock full of nutrients. Like I think of food as medicine, not just fueling my body, but food is medicine, yeah. right? And so I look at things like on the shelves at the supermarket, you know, and I'll be like, that's garbage. Like to me, it's garbage. If it has preservatives, it has additives, it has chemicals. I just, I do, you know, and I have to sometimes be mindful that I'm not offending somebody else. Cause I'm just like, you know, I'm offending somebody else. Meaning sometimes my husband will be eating something. I'll be like, how could you eat that garbage? And he'll just look at me like, that's rude. And I'm like, sorry, because that's just my lenses. I know it's not everybody's and it's mainstream America's diet. Like, I mean, what he's eating is not even that terrible. <laughs> but to me, I was like, I wouldn't put that in my body. And that's yeah. the thing about our, our culture. Um, yeah. Most people, I read this somewhere, the majority of Americans are malnourished. You might be overbeat, overweight, you might be obese, but mm-hmm. you're malnourished. Yeah. And when we start eating more whole foods and more um 
nutrient dense foods, then we are satisfied. We don't need to overeat because every cell in our body is nourished. Mm -hmm. Right. So, you know, I look at it like that too. It's like, I want to nourish myself so that I don't have to eat a whole bunch of stuff just to get full. Yep. Yeah. And it's really challenging and hard again, just as a mom, you know, to try to reverse that with my children because they've had those things now and they know that it's good and that's what they want and crave. Um, and on the opposite end, again, like I said, I think they're hearing words like diet. I had one of my middle son tell me, oh, are you on that diet thing, mom? And I said, I'm on that living thing and I don't want to die for you. I want to live for you. And I, I just, I said, you know, I don't want to end up, and I told him, I don't want to end up having diabetes, <laughs> you know, and again, uh, it, it's the opposite of, of what you're saying. And I want to be able to live here a long time um, and be around to see you grow up. And so I just try to change those words for them so that they don't think that this, the food that I'm eating that's good for my body is a diet. Cause I just hate that. And um, even my little guy came up to me and whispered to me and he's growing and his body's changing. And he went from being this tiny little guy to bigger than his brothers. And he, but again, because they're hearing that on society, right? Like the word fat. And I hate that. And he came up to me and he was like, mom, am I ever going to be skinny? Or do people who are fat ever become skinny? And I just was like, ah, did you, you know, my pictures. Huh? Did you pull out pictures, photographs before and after of yourself? I just told him about myself and I said, well, you know, remember son, mom wasn't always, you know, in a place where I was really, I, I don't like even using those words skinny or fat. And I just said, you just have to do uh, things like eating good, healthy things in your body. And I said, sometimes you guys are eating things that are like you know, you're microwaving a pizza or a burrito. And I said, instead, I want you guys to start eating things like this. You know, you need some more vegetables. And I was just telling him those things because um, they won't always try what I'm making because they, they think it's not good food, tasting food. <laughs> um, and so, you know, it was like trying to incorporate these little things without my kids even knowing maybe that they were eating something that was healthy and good for them, like a shake. You know, sometimes they don't know what's in it. And I could hide throwing something in there, you know, sweeten it up. <laughs> yeah, yes, exactly. Or some strawberries or yeah, whatever it might be. So it that that breaks my heart. And, um, you know, and I told him too, I said, you're growing right now, son. And you're going to probably be the tallest one. Hmm. And, you, you know, your body's just looking different. And everyone's bodies look different. Um, and, and that's okay. And that's just kind of what I told him because, um, he's only eight and he's, he's little, but he's already thinking about that, you know, and he's already seen the differences. So eight years old and having that body, um, awareness and maybe insecurity, would you say? Yeah. Yes. And where does that come from? I mean, obviously not you. <laughs> no. And like I said, I think unfortunately, maybe it's uh, sometimes the way my husband talks to the kids about what I'm doing when I'm not there, you know, right. and or making fun without realizing that they're internalizing that, you know, like, well, come here, big boy, um, you know, like words like that, that then he's 
interpreting it as I'm big. I'm a big boy. My brothers are skinny, you know? And so um, I always try to kind of like redirect or or change um, what they're maybe thinking. Um, Like we were talking about that mindset or that emotional response to things. And um, you had came out to the powwow. And I was telling you about the arrowhead and how I was using that in my logo for my business, Tribal Strong, and how we need to kind of chip away at some of these things that our families have put on us as we grow up. Mm -hmm. And I, um, you know, kind of take it as like, they're protecting us, right? They're throwing things on us that sticking to us and maybe changing the way we perceive ourselves or see things through our lenses. But we have to untake some of that off, or like I was telling you on the arrowhead, chip away at this arrowhead to um, create this tool that now is going to become our strength, our inner strength for ourselves and who we truly are. And so I think that's what I'm trying to do with my kids sometimes is is teach them like how you may have heard this from someone, but how how is that affecting you, and how could you change? that and interpret it differently for yourself because that may not be the truth Mm -hmm. I I, I don't know how to explain that um but I guess just trying to help them deal with things on their own because I'm not always going to be there yeah and I love that you're teaching it to them at such an early age you know for me I was in like my late 20s early 30s before I started chipping away at all of the stuff that was put on me growing up you know and Mm -hmm and society, like within my family, within my community, within our culture. And this was before the internet, you know what I mean? Now I feel like people are being inundated with all types of like more stuff to have to chip away at. So, you know, taking that, you know, obsidian, if you will, that hunk of it, and then just taking it and whittling it down until you've gotten all that, that buildup of, negativity you know I used to think I was fat I've never been obese but I suffered from body dysmorphia like I would look in the mirror and see this obese person you know Mm -hmm. people would say oh you have such a great body and be like but I'm fat you know and and I wasn't but that's just how I saw myself because you know even without social media Mm -hmm. you know sports illustrated cover you know swimsuit edition magazines all the different ones you know at the supermarkets that are still like that today I'm pretty sure yeah um it, it just happens and so yeah that was a beautiful image and you know when I wear that that arrowhead I think of that often I was just like whoa that's powerful mm-hmm. it's a really powerful mm-hmm. image and not just that it's a powerful teaching especially for our youth yep yep that's amazing yeah wow. so uh, yeah I just again sometimes I even take that arrowhead with me when I need some strength you know, going into a meeting, for example, that I know it's going to be stressful and um, just holding it even in my hand and remembering um, the strength that I have within me to get through this and the tools that I know I have. Um, and I think simple things like, like we were just saying with the water, I think people do not realize what great medicine you were saying this is oh. to like, in a meeting when I'm getting stressed to take a break, it brings oxygen to our brain, you know? And even though I may not be taking deep breaths, I may be focusing on my breath. Mm -hmm. If the conversation is 
turning into something that's going to affect me. And I just sit there and I'd be mindful of. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I talked about this in um, uh, a recent podcast about how water can also be spiritual, right? It can be our spiritual connection. So when we're drinking from the water bottle, like, you know, if you're in a room with people and you're getting stressed out, you might want to go, Oh, but that's a little obvious. It's a little bold. And you're just like, okay, well, that might seem rude or, you know, I don't want to draw attention to myself. So with our water bottle at our mouth, so we could be like, you know, and they don't know that we're doing that breath, that deep need. And also spiritually to understand that water is life. And so that that's a way to spiritually bring new life and wash away, if you will, the whatever negativity or stressful, you know, conversation might be. Mm -hmm. Like you yeah. use the arrowhead for a visual tool, a physical tool, rather. Yes. Very physical tool to give you strength. That's great. Mm-hmm. And, you know, uh, same with water is a physical yes. tool to give us strength. Mm-hmm. And also for every other reason that water is necessary. Yes. Yeah. And like you said, even just in, in your own head, almost saying what you're thankful for and grateful for to this water. And um, I think there's even studies on that, right? When they look at the water molecules, when you talk bad to a water versus saying good things to a water. Hold up. Yeah. What is that book? I know. I talked about this in my other podcast. For real, it's it's the hidden messages in water. And for anybody listening, yeah. to it, you can go on my website and actually order it because it's such powerful. So it, this was one that was love and gratitude, and mm-hmm. it changed the molecular structure of a yeah. drop of water. And then these were like the negative on the bottom was the word Satan in Japanese, mm-hmm. and this mm-hmm. one is the word angel in Japanese. Mm-hmm. So these people were holding the water. Just thinking that thought, not even just thinking it, thinking it, thinking it, change the molecular structure. Yep. I did. I talked about this. Yes. I'm so glad I had a, so I know this this is podcasted (laughs) and it's video. So if you're not seeing that visual, if you're just listening to this, uh, watch it on YouTube because you'll get to see those images. But it's so powerful. And that's what's amazing. We can bring that beauty into our bodies and into our souls and shift our mental consciousness when- We connect with the life-giving water. Yes. That's just one of the amazing things about it. But yeah, I have that book and I, I te- obviously I teach it. I blew them up and laminated. I love it. <laughs> you know, because, and, and that's the other thing that I think when people think of, you know, the health journey that I've been on, they always think of the physical and the appearance. And I'm like, no, it's about what you're feeding your mind. And feeding your mind good knowledge, like that book, for example, Mm -hmm. and how it's changed the perspective and the things that I'm going to incorporate now into my life or into the teachings of others, because they may not be getting feeding their mind that knowledge. Well, then I'm going to give it to them, just like you're giving it to them. And so we and we may hear things or connect with people in a different way than maybe me and you connect. Um, And so that's why I think it's important to now that I've done what I've done is to like bring others along the journey with me. Um, last night we did this welcome home ceremony for some, uh, the last two nights anyways, for some people who had gone off to rehab and have come home. But for me, I feel like so much of what I've gone through with my health journey is a form of addiction too, to the sugars and the sweets in my life. 
And even though I've had setbacks, right, um, I continue to show up and keep trying to work on those things that I need to change. But what I'm also trying to do by sharing my journey is show others like, come along with me or let's do this together because we um, can achieve more when we're, we have a community together doing things. So. Absolutely. So much harder doing this on our own. You know, I have fitness equipment right here in my living room, you know, but how often do I pick it up when I'm by myself? Mm, somebody comes over, we're working out together, right? Or I go to the yeah. gym just to get that motivation or I call my friend and say, meet me at the trail so that we can take a walk together. Because I am a very self-motivated person in general, but yeah. it just helps having that community. Like I need that extra yeah. Do I need it? Yeah. I mean, I will do, I will work out on my own. Don't get me wrong. But for yeah. the most part, I want that, that support, that camaraderie, because we do, we start to feel that we're alone. So mm. if, if for anybody listening and for, to remind ourselves, you know, we get to cultivate that, you know, sometimes mm. we're like, well, I don't have anybody to work it. So I just won't work out. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like, no, you can actually grab a friend. You can make that phone call. You can yeah. take your kids for a walk or, you know, mm-hmm. that type of thing to, to really start making it not that we have to be healthy, but that we want to be healthy physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, yeah. you know, and then people look yeah. at us and, and they're like, why are they so vibrant? Why do they have so much energy or, you know, why are mm-hmm. they so healthy? It's like, not because I'm going to the gym, but because I'm making sure that with the things I'm purchasing at the supermarket are medicine and things that I ingest and mm-hmm. practicing, you know, the water, it's, you know, yeah. the right amount and not being and so again- yeah, going back to that busy bio that I have and people see me and they're like, how do you do all these things? Well, I have to fill up my own cup, you know, and I have to, in order to go and then pour into everyone else's cups and, you know, being mom to my children, being a wife, being a daughter, being the chairwoman of the tribe, you know, and then all these other boards and committees that I sit on and being a coach, like that could be exhausting. Yeah. But... I have to take care of myself. And I think, again, some women or moms think of it being selfish. And it's not selfish to take care of yourself first so that you could show up as your best for everyone else in your family. And have more energy. You know, people say, oh, I'm too tired to go do this. I'm like, well, if you did it, you wouldn't be tired. If it was part of, you know, our everyday living. But, you know, it's familial, you know, like it's families you can see certain lifestyles like my children happen to all be healthy but you know I owned a gym I owned two gyms at one point you know I mean they grew up in the gym so they a little bit didn't know any other way right but my brother was obese my mother was obese you know I have that obesity my grandmother was obese like it was all of that and I remember Mm -hmm. at one point in my life I was like I don't want to be like that you know like I made a conscious decision somewhere somehow somewhere along the line And, you know, I just always made sure that I didn't go overboard. Yet when I looked in the mirror, I still saw this fat person. So (laughs) that might just be, you know, that chipping away. Like, oh, everybody else is obese. I guess I am too. I don't even know. I'm touring that apart. And I'm fine leaving at rest because I've overcome my body dysmorphia through spirituality and looking at myself psychologically and being honest and working on my affirmations. And that was hard. It was a lot of hard work to, to do that. Yeah. And that's and, you know, people think it's I, easy. They look at you and they're like, yes. oh, it's easy. I'm like, no, it's yeah. hard. 
but it's so worth it. It's a lot easier than going to, for dialysis. Mm -hmm. a lot easier than having back pain, knee pain, yep. hip pain. I have plantar fasciitis too. It's a yep. lot easier than all that. It's a lot easier yep. than a surgery that could have been prevented and whatever recovery is involved in that. Mm -hmm. I always, I always like the, I had heard or read it somewhere, you know, choose your heart, you know, and I would tell the clients or the people I was working like, well, choose your heart. Would you, you know, it's hard to, um, you know, get up and exercise every morning, but it's also hard to feel sick and want to sleep in because my body feels exhausted still. Or, you know, choose your heart with your marriage. You could either have a divorce or you can work on that relationship, you know, and have those difficult conversations with your spouse or, you know, like it, it could go in so many different directions in our life. But um, again, it's just really making that intentional or like you were saying, that conscious decision to choose something differently because we all have choices in our lives. Um, and that's another thing that I really try to teach my kids is like, uh, um, you know, taking responsibility for what we can in our own actions and then being mindful of things we have no control over. Like I may not have control over, you know, my coach and what he's saying to me, but I do have control over what I can do to improve as an athlete and the choices that I'm going to make, you know, cause I'm talking to them about sports maybe, right. or even, or even if they get in trouble, I had my older son had a tardy the other day. And I said, okay, you may be upset that you have this, but what can you take responsibility in next time to ensure that that doesn't happen? Because you're feeling like this is happening to me right now. Mm -hmm. and, and, and then even going back to that comparison game, right? Like we compare ourselves to these people we see in the magazines or on social media. And I think people have even done that with me. Even recently, you know, I'm sharing my workouts and, or what I'm doing. And I had this um, elder lady in the community who I didn't even know was someone who was following me because we're not friends. Mm -hmm. And she messaged me and was like, oh, big deal you know, that you could do that. Like we all, all of us women do that for ourselves. Cause I was stacking wood yeah. <laughs> and I just messaged her back and kind of, you know, spoke to her, like feeling it with kindness that, you know, I am proud that you can still do those things for yourself. And I said, unfortunately, I used to be a place where I could barely move my body. And I'm grateful that I could do these things for my family and myself today and um, make it a great day. And I left it at that for her. And um, I made another post on my Facebook, just sharing, you know, don't let other people's opinions or negative uh, thoughts like affect what you're doing for yourself and just keep going. Use that as fuel, you know, to light the fire underneath you to get going and, and do what's best for you and not worry about them. That's a then thing. That's something that they need to work on. And it's almost like they're putting it on you, but really it's a them thing, exactly. something they need to work on. And I just kept going. I'm so proud of you. I mean, that is very difficult, you know, like, and you know, women bringing women down, people bringing people down, whatever. I mean, that's real. And that's very, very difficult. I mean, there's people that commit suicide over this stuff. Yes. So that's why, yeah, the physical is really impart, important, obviously, but the mental, emotional, and spiritual components of, of how we build ourselves up, you know, that's the foundation. Like I was talking about those little squats are like the foundation for bigger, more heavy squats, yeah. but working on ourselves, you know, the physical is only one quarter 
of who we are as humans, right? What uh, we, what can't be seen, right? Can't see what I'm thinking, can't see what I'm feeling, can't see my spirituality, but those are the more, well, I don't know if they're more important, they're all equally as important. These three things will manifest physically, right? Mm -hmm. If I'm spiritually devoid and I'm mentally, you know, not addressing or taking responsibility for my emotions, and I'm not mm-hmm. learning anything new about, you know, water, health, exercise, whatever. Mm-hmm. And that's going to show physically. Yeah. That person's not going to look so great. And the, you know, opposite is also true, right? So this is how we get. Yeah. To so that's what happens to us physically when we work on ourselves emotionally, mm-hmm. mentally, and spiritually. Yes. I love that you're teaching that to your kids, you know, to hold themselves accountable. And it's not a diet. And I like how you did that with the word. Like, I don't want to <laughs> die because of it or whatever. You yeah. Say. Yeah. Yeah. Diabetes, right? Yeah. So, yeah, all the words. Yeah. Yeah. And one of the ladies the other night, and this is something that I have heard too, um, that I've just really stuck by. But one of the ladies at the welcome home ceremony when she was at rehab, she said, the one thing that really stuck with me. And that I'll always remember because she's a mom. As she said, um, the one of the counselors asked her, you know, you hear all the time that people say that I would die for my children. But would you live for your children? And that's one thing that stuck with me because I think goes with the diabetes. We will die for our children. We will sacrifice our own lives for our children. But will we sacrifice to live a long healthy life for them and show up as the best moms or the best parents as we can and put in that work. How many of us will do that? Wow. That is so powerful now. Yeah. Wow. That's really, really powerful. And like you were saying, some people think that's selfish. Oh, you're doing all of this. You know, it's like, it's not, it's, self-love it's self-care and how can we really love and care for somebody else if we're not you you won't have it to give Mm -hmm. and I was feeling that way like I said before I started the health journey I was the mom who would come home at the end of a long day and in the afternoon right I'm already getting sluggish and although my kids made me have sports I was tired so I would rely on those energy drinks or the sugary coffee drinks. But I would come home and the way I was numbing out on the couch, watching Netflix and just sitting back, don't bother me. No one bother me. Like I just, I just need to relax. And that was my way of relaxing was sitting there and just numbing out on watching some Netflix show and getting angry if anyone interrupted me, you know, because that was my way of like decompose. Com- what do you, how do you say that? Like decompressing, you know, from the day, from my stressful day. And I was just hurting my children, you know, and I wasn't doing anything good for myself. And, um, you know, I kind of just got sick and tired of feeling sick and tired of (laughs) everything. Yeah. I make those changes. It was your hard. I love that. It was my hard. Yeah. That's powerful. Yeah. Wow. So how do you see yourself, you know, uh, you know, it's the beginning of the year, whatever people with their new year's resolutions, I don't really buy into that, but you know, just come such a long way. Do you also envision for yourself, you know, goals uh, for yourself for the future, for your family or for your community? Yeah, I do. Um, I may have mentioned this in the beginning, but like really turning in um, 
any of the suffering or things, the struggles that I've gone through and really looking at like, how can I turn those into my strengths now? So if I wasn't managing my stress well this past year, I wasn't focusing on getting outside and and exercising and giving myself breaks, um, then that's what I'm going to focus on this year. And so being intentional with um, my routine and my habits so that I can be strong, you know, mentally strong, physically strong, spiritually strong, all those things um, is what I'm trying to, again, be consciously aware of what I'm doing throughout the day so that I can keep going. And, and, and that's, I think, you know, sometimes people come up with words for their year Mm -hmm. and I'm reading this book right now called thrive. Mm -hmm. And I think I was drawn to that book when I looked at my bookshelf of like, what am I going to read at the beginning of this year? And I was just like, that's what I want. I want to thrive this year. And so I'm reading that book right now and um, I'm being intentional with thinking, how can I thrive today in my life? Versus just survive, just get by. Yes. Yes. Yep, exactly. That's powerful. Thank you. Meryl, you're amazing. I don't know if you want to offer anything else to our audience who's listening. Um, Yeah, I think, you know, again, just it just takes one day at a time, one habit at a time, you know, focus on something that you feel you need to focus on and just start there. Um, Whether it's, again, that habit of having some more water in your life or some more motion in your life just start somewhere or something maybe it's something you've already focused on like we said the push-ups you know and now you're going to get down on the floor and start doing a little bit more and so just start somewhere and add on to it and you could do this find a community find the people to surround yourself and just get going or make your community that's beautiful Yeah. And uh, I'll add on to that, if you will. I had one client who was overweight and, you know, didn't want to exercise, didn't even, never came to the gym. I just knew him at the little market. And I was just, you should come to the gym. You should come to the gym. I don't know. And I said, all right, well, instead of that, how about if you eliminate one thing? I said, just eliminate one thing from your diet, just one thing. So, you know, we talked, I was like, what is something that's realistic that you could eliminate? And he said, soda. And I was like, all right, cool. Eliminate soda. You know, I'm Mm -hmm. sure he was drinking sugary fruit juice and this and that. After a week's time, he had lost like five pounds just from eliminating just one thing. I said, just get rid of mm. one thing, you know, and that was it. Like, I'm sure he wasn't drinking water, but yeah. replacing it with something that wasn't, I mean, so yeah. one thing. So one thing, if it's one squat in the morning, if it's one sink mm-hmm. push-up, one, you know what? I'm not going to buy these cookies anymore or yes. whatever the heck it is. Yes. So just don't bring it in the house. and then Don't you're- bring it in the house. <laughs> Oh, lady, you rock on every level. I'm so happy that you made the time to visit with me and to share everything with our audience. Of course, I appreciate you as well. So thank you for reaching out. Mm. All right. Well, be well, have a beautiful day. And uh, I'll see you. I don't know, as soon as the pass opens up and I can get through all the snow. (laughs) I'll be okay. (laughs) Thank you. Bye. Bye. Visit whitefawnwellness.com to learn more about our programs and how I might be able to help you. And remember to like us on Facebook and maybe leave a review on iTunes. Be happy and be well.